With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Screen Heroes. I'm Ray. I am joined as always by Ryan. Hi. And Derek. Yo. And uh, yeah, so we're going to talk Birds of Prey or Harley Quinn Birds of Prey or the Emancipation of One Fantabulous Harley Quinn. it's, It's the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn whatever also derek might die during the podcast so stay tuned for that yes (laughs) he's not feeling well he had some bad sushi for lunch and no bad pasta he also smacked his head blame the correct cuisine it was italian okay he also had a brain injury so So we're we're hoping for a mild case of tum-tum issues and you know if it escalates from there it escalates from there maybe this will be the first podcast you hear where someone shits their pants who knows that wouldn't be the first but maybe the first that we know of that you guys know of i have shit my pants live on stream before and i was just really good at hiding it impressive that's that's very impressive. Derek is not speaking because he wants us to change the subject. No, no, I'm sorry. I was actually looking for a link yeah, really quick for something. He's doing stuff. This is this is podcast related for when we actually do the show. So, oh, this, so is, this is the show, Derek. This is so the show. Just, this is well, the whole before show. we get started, we always talk news. And the biggest news in the last week is that the Oscars happened. That's not the biggest news for me. But yes, probably for in general. I mean, just for the whole world. Yeah, it's I don't like, care about them. Yeah, that's fair. The Oscars did happen. Taika won something, so I was extremely excited about that. And it was one that was actually, like, for him. It wasn't yeah. just the movie winning something. It was, adapted screenplay. And he was the one that adapted it. So yep. yeah. that's a pretty huge... Uh, From a book that his mother gave him, which yes. is a cool little story. So not just some random thing that was assigned to him by a studio. So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I had a personal connection for him. And, you know, we here at uh, Screen Heroes love Taika, so congrats on that i know you're listening right now and uh, (laughs) yeah we loved your comments about apple and your post post award press interview yeah he's fantastic congrats to him huge night for parasite they walked away with four awards including two of the big ones best director and uh best picture not a huge night for Joker. I thought it would, it would have more. It would only won two. Irishman got completely shut out. Yeah. They were nominated for like nine awards and got nothing. So 
That's pretty interesting. Um, Avengers Endgame is the first big blockbuster movie. To... No, it's the first number one movie of there all you time go. To, to not, not get win an anything. Oscar. And it was yeah. only up for one, and it was yeah. visual effects. Uh, yeah. was it? Which it lost to 1917, which is interesting. Um, yeah. So what that means is, like, whenever if a movie came out and became the highest grossing film of all time, it always won at least one Oscar that or year or more, yeah. or more, right? And this this, Titanic walked away with 11, and like Jurassic Park walked away with three, and Avatar had and, you know the visual effects yeah. and things like that. So you know, Endgame did not. It was 0 for 1. So it's okay. Yeah. It's the fine. movies that beat it, I'm sure, deserved it. I mean, 1917, I haven't seen it, but I've heard great things. So, Yeah, yeah. I mean, 1917 is supposed to be wonderful. And, and seeing more about the behind-the-scenes stuff, um, there's more in there that was digitally rendered than I had realized. It it really does look very, very realistic. And so I thought more of that was practical um, and not as CGI-driven, and I was mm-hmm. definitely wrong. So that's very impressive. Yeah. Um, there was a little bit of controversy that came out of the Oscars as it pertains to kind of in the industry. So uh, James Corden and Rebel Wilson went on stage in furry cat suits to present the award for visual effects and decided to take the opportunity to make fun of cats and its visual effects and kind of slammed the visual effects team of the movie live on you know, international television. Um, the VFX society did not appreciate that. Individual visual effects artists who were laid off right after the picture was finished also didn't appreciate that. Yeah. So, you know, real quick, when a movie is is made, there are a lot of things that go into why the CGI becomes what it what it does. It's it has to do with budget, the size of the team, the amount of time that they're given, lots and lots of things, and. You know, the budget was $100 million for the movie, and it has an A-list cast and very unique sets and a lot of choreography. And we don't really know how much of that budget went straight to CGI, number one. I'm guessing that cocaine had a bigger budget <laughs> than the CGI. Um, but the VFX community said, and I don't have the quote right here in front of me, but um, they this is a paraphrase, but basically said that... Uh, visual effects cannot make up for poor storytelling right. is how the statement kicks off. Um, and... You know, it makes an interesting point, but I think the the big thing here is, you know, wh- when it, when is it fun to make fun of people and not? And it's kind of a a nice way of looking at it, at least for me, is don't punch down. Yeah. And so when you're an an A list movie star who or has like a nighttime you know national I was gonna say James talk Gordon show, is not an A list no, movie. Star. No, but he has a nighttime talk show that's a national talk show and things like that. And you're presenting an award at the Oscars. Maybe don't punch down to the poor desk people who had to work a hundred hour weeks to get the CGI done because they were under crunch for three months or something like that. And then we're fired. And then we're immediately fired afterwards um, when you made more than, you know, multiple people on that team. So um, I get it. I didn't know there was a VFX society, but I do appreciate where they're coming from. Yeah. And I just, I have to say this. It's really weird to hear people review cats because the play itself was a cocaine fueled nightmare there's no storyline throughout the whole thing it's just song after song after song of introducing different cats and 
there there's a lot of issues with the movie that have nothing to do with the story or plot but because the movie introduced a whole new audience to it people were expecting like this fantastic show and it's just about some fucking cats guys like what did you expect so if you go in there and you're already intoxicated by something you're probably gonna love cats that's just and you'd probably like it on stage too, but I've heard it feels like you're having like a heroin hallucination, right? Watching it sober, I've heard so, that too. Uh, there was more, a little bit more drama. Joaquin Phoenix, when he accepted his Best Actor uh, Oscar, he decided to get on a soapbox, like he has a couple times. And whether you agree with him or not, shushing people that are agreeing with you is a weird tactic and I'm not sure what the purpose of that was, but so Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. He has gone on some social commentary, uh, soapboxes over the last award season and he's trying to follow through on it too. So he's not just spouting, you know, some high horse nonsense. Renee Zellweger, (laughs) Felt like she was up there on stage for 20 minutes randomly talking about absolutely nothing. She dove into some nonsensical goo. And I have no idea what she was saying. And I don't know why the internet isn't talking about how ridiculous her speech was. Because everybody is so focused on everything else. And I'm like, but but she's a big weirdo. Why aren't we talking about that? Let's be real. They're all big weirdos pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think the real reason that no one's talking about Renee's speech is that hers just seemed wildly unprepared. You know, she was just kind of rambling because she didn't know what she wanted to say versus Phoenix's was very specific and very directed and a little more char- like charged. I don't know how anybody was unprepared none of the acting categories were upsets they were all favorites they all got a golden globe or a bafta or a spirit award you know it's not i'd say taika's was probably the only surprising one really i mean parasite after one a second and a third and a fourth time (laughs) that that was surprising that it got best international feature and best picture but it, it, he was not the favorite for director either. Of course, it was going to be either Sam Mendes or uh, Scorsese. Yeah. But yeah, like none of the actors were surprising. No, not at all. So no, uh, but I mean, she also you know was going after Phoenix did right, and so I think she probably heard what Phoenix said and thought I have to have some type of message in mind too, and I can understand that. Like we've all seen that in in like TV shows and things of that nature, right? And she just wasn't, she probably had a more general speech planned. That's, yeah. That's all I meant, you know. Um, But otherwise, yeah, Parasite did incredibly well. It won uh, Best International Film, and it was the first film not initially in an English language to win Best Picture, Best Mm -hmm. Overall Picture. So that's cool. And we reviewed one of his movies just a little while back. We reviewed Snowpiercer. Yeah. So, you know, that's director's not really new to us either no but parasite certainly sounds like it's a better film than snowpiercer so you know um (laughs) uh toy story 4 won best animated feature which is not particularly surprising pixar tends to win when they are nominated um trying to think if anything else really shocking came out uh just eminem's appearance yeah 
Yeah, I don't know what, what that was about. It? Like that's what I was, all I could think of when he came out. I was like, what? What year is this? It, it was weird. Boomers was and Gen weird. Z were very confused, but millennials were loving it. <laughs> I was confused. I mean, because I guess the message kind of fits the tone of you know an award show in a way, but you know it's not a new track right. or anything like that and i don't believe it was used in any of the best picture nominations but not this year <laughs> maybe i'm wrong maybe it's in marriage story or something i don't know <laughs> Could be. my favorite part of that was uh some of the pictures from backstage where he met up with elton john again uh elton john is his aa sponsor yeah really uh, elton john is an aa sponsor to a, maybe oh. not a sponsor but he's definitely like a part of a lot of um addicts journeys in hollywood um and musicians he's incredibly active in the community out there so i, I knew that and yeah. that's really wonderful but he is specifically but uh, like eminem sponsor that's a pairing that just never occurred to me right? really it, so, oh no they've been friends since like the year 2000 i didn't know that that's yeah. very interesting they are really close friends okay. he calls him uncle elton oh that's cute yeah i didn't yeah. know that that's cool. It is weird when you think about, I don't know how much Eminem you guys have listened to. But Not much. A lot of his early stuff was very homophobic and, yeah. you know, just that's ra some racial stuff in there, too. And so, you know, having him. Definitely misogynistic. So to, yep, absolutely. Uh, him being so close to Elton John, who is clearly uh, yep. out, yeah. um, is cool. And I hope that Eminem has kind of, he has gotten better in a lot of his songs lately but um it is always cool to see the pairing of them together and, and seeing them uh yeah. yeah it's a cool story it absolutely is and speaking of, of elton john i i appreciated his reaction to winning you know um i don't think he expected to and he was pretty emotional and so that was kind of nice it to see cute. that a guy a guy who's accomplished so much and is such a superstar can still be kind of humbled by winning something that they really I always didn't love think. it when somebody's like not expecting it like taika didn't seem to be expecting it and he was seemed very emotional during his speech too like he was mm -hmm. trying to hang on to not crying but right um you know yeah that's that's always my favorite part of the oscars is when an underdog wins or somebody that didn't expect to win and you can just really tell how much it meant to him absolutely and with when you're elton john i mean you kind of have earned your right to think you do deserve to win yeah you know so to still think you that these other nominees are at least as good as you are better humble enough to you know think that they yeah deserve it more than you it's cool it's it's a good it was a good moment most of the performances were really on point that night i loved janelle monet's i loved oh, she was wonderful adina menzel and all the other international elsas and then cynthia ervio singing the song from uh harriet was just really powerful too so it was just a good, good time. I thought the Elsa one was the most interesting. Right? It was something Very you don't clever. really think about when they mm -hmm. go to, you know, when these movies go to other countries and they have to be dubbed in other languages. And, you know, so that was really cool seeing all of them out together. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how I feel yet about Billie Eilish's Yesterday for the In Memoriam. Yesterday is one of my favorite I tracks. I thought she messed up the lyrics at one point, but they might have written a different version so that was longer for the In Memoriam. I don't know. I, didn't, I guess I, I didn't, didn't pay that close. I, I must have missed that. Um, but I think she has a pretty voice. 
Not... Yeah, I think people like to trash on her, but I actually enjoy some of her music, and yeah. I'm not super embarrassed to admit that. You know, it's I'm not trashing on her. I just she, I think she's very talented, especially for her age, and you know, yeah, I don't know that that was necessarily the best rendition, but I'm glad that she's getting work, and, and I mean, she's very motivated, and well, she's doing the uh, the Bond uh, the yeah, Bond track, so mm-hmm. it, it, that's that's very big. Yeah, uh, ride the train while you can. You know, it pretty much it. means that she's going to be up for an Oscar next year. Probably, probably. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, the last five Bond songs have been up for Oscars, and most of them have won. I didn't know that. Yep. <laughs> so there yeah. you go. So by age 18, she's going to be probably Oscar winner Billie Eilish. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she's 17 right now, which is crazy. Yeah. When I was 17. She's young. I was not doing <laughs> things like that. She walked away with like five or six Grammys, too. So. Yeah. To... When I was 17, I got fired from Target. <laughs> I can tell you about that story. Basically, sometime. basically equivalent. So yeah, it's totally totally Billy Eilish. I yeah. started a job at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> Who doesn't love Cracker Barrel? I mean, come on, it's delicious. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's, it, sh- it's, it should not be. It should not be. Yeah. I saw an article about a uh, a, a couple that's been together for a long time have now visited. I saw this too. 444 of the 445 Cracker Barrels. Why would they wait to do news articles uh, until after they visited the last one? I didn't open the article, so maybe, maybe that one's closed <laughs> or something. They probably will. Uh, but I was like, you know, Ray would do that. <laughs> I would not. I do not want to go to every Cracker Barrel. She they are the exact you. same. They're the exact same. I want to go to every Hard Rock because they are not the exact mm, same. Okay. And they're international, so... All right. Well, anything else on the Oscars? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we can move on a little bit. Um, Let's switch gears to Disney stuff since we're going to end with DC stuff. My favorite bit of news. What's that, Ryan? Our one of our favorite directors on the Sam Raimi in talks for Doctor Strange two. I'm waiting. Very impatiently for the announcement, uh, the confirmation of it. God, that's going to be such a cool movie. Can you guys imagine like a PG-13 Evil Dead with like some mystic stuff? I, it's going to be so I cool. I really, truly, and honestly can't not think of any better director for this particular right? movie. Right? Like Scott Derrickson's fine, but this is going to put a stamp on it. This is going to put a legitimate framework to it it'll be a Raimi movie first and an mcu movie second and he's great at horror he's great oh, yeah. at comedy i mean he's great it, at superheroes he like, loves one of his movie one of his original spider-man movies are is 100 percent in the top three spider or his top three uh, superhero movies of all time for me Specifically, I, mean, I still think Spider-Man Two is the best exactly. live-action Spider-Man we've ever had. It's one of the best um, superhero movies. Period. Absolutely. Yeah. You know that was 18 years ago now, which sounds crazy to say I, out loud. But. I know everybody prefers two over one, but one is one is great. Really right. good. The, like one is very good. The second one for me just. It's like it's a live action comic book. Everything's no completely realized it. in the second one. Yes. All the small issues for the first one got tweaked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Midnight Pearl in chat mentioned no love for Spider-Man 3. And Hells like, no. <laughs> overall, I'm not going to say it's a great movie because it's not. But it sucks. There are some really good good gems in there like thomas hayden church as sandman like his story 
was good. And when Deal you know when you know the story behind why, <laughs> yeah, it, a lot of these decisions that were made fun of and in, in into the Spider Verse and over the internet memes and stuff like that um, were made, you know that it was not the fault of Sam Raimi. You know, he was basically giving a middle finger to the studio. Yeah, and. I don't know. That I was... think he met. They name dropped Doctor Strange in one of the Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. They s- say, you know, uh, right. call, call we call him Doctor Strange. No, that name's taken or something like that. You know, <laughs> uh, so it's it, you can, you know he's a fan. He wouldn't have just thrown that in there if he wasn't. So yeah, it's gonna be it, as soon as they confirm that that will probably become my most anticipated Marvel movie. Oh, for sure. I'm just curious to you know see where his car is gonna end up. It's going to be in there. Huh. And where Bruce Campbell's going right. to be. Right. Exactly. Maybe he'll be driving the car. Maybe. Well, Maybe back, we can merge the Evil Dead universe with the MCU. Back in the Sony <laughs> days, people wanted him to be Mysterio because he had popped up in so many cameos that mm. if he ends up being Mysterio in like the fourth or fifth film, yeah, then all of his cameos make sense. That would have been cool. Right? He, Bruce Campbell declines. That, you know, he, he, he says that that's not, that wasn't going to happen. And that's fine. It, it would have been fun- great fan theory yeah i mean joan hall was fantastic so oh right you know, i mean i like the way they did mysterio it was really cool to see him fully realized mm-hmm. i'm sure there's some other cool marvel character that they can make bruce campbell in just oh, a yeah. small part it doesn't have to be anything crazy but yeah and if they want to take over and have bruce campbell start doing the cameos in every single one Aww. yeah instead of stan lee that would be awesome i'd be fine with that that'd be great yeah I mean, it doesn't really make sense, but I'm okay. I'm fine with right. it. I'm okay with it. Um, Look, they have a multiverse now. All they have to do is just get the old Spider-Man movies to exist in the multiverse with the MCU, and it's all fine. Here's what they need to do. They need to have Bruce Campbell's character reading an Army of Dead comic, uh, Army of Darkness comic book, oh. an Evil Dead comic book or something, so that it makes it canon in the MCU. That would be amazing. Right? The Ar- uh, Ash is canon. <laughs> Army of Darkness versus Marvel Zombies exactly. comic book. Yeah. Except make it DC Zombies because this is a Marvel uh, universe. <laughs> I want to see that movie though. I want to. See, right. I want to see. Well, they're that. talking about doing that in the What If cartoon oh, with the Marvel man. Zombies. Yeah, but with Ash. I know, I know. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Um, all right. So in other Disney news, so last week we reported on a school PTA that got fined two hundred and fifty dollars because they showed the Lion King, the live action Lion King at a fundraising event. And the licensing company um, that does their licensing for Disney fined the company for not uh, following the procedures for that. Well, uh Bob Iger uh, came out and formally apologized on Twitter. Um, I'll just read the the tweet here. Our company at Walt Disney Co. apologizes to the Emerson Elementary School PTA, and I will personally donate to their fundraising initiative. Um, And so I think that where at the end of the day, nothing like no process was followed incorrectly from the licensing agency. It's just not a good look. And I think that Iger did the right thing to kind of follow up with that and try and and make things right. Any thoughts, guys? It was the right move, but it totally looks as covering your ass. Backtracking. Yeah. You know, just don't do it in the first place. Don't find elementary schools, especially public ones that are funded like crap in this country. Well, it is important to to know that it isn't directly Disney that did it. They have a licensing organization that's responsible for such things, and they're the ones who did it. And you know, right? But who does everybody say did it? Yeah, right. Well, that's why I wanted to cover this and just try and make things clear because three listeners now they know better. Yes, you're welcome. I'm just doing my part, man. I'm just doing my part. 
All right. So other news then. Let's go ahead and move on to other topics. Um, I guess we'll move on to DC stuff. Uh, let's go ahead and I don't know. You want to just take a break and move on to Birds of Prey? The rest Sounds of the news good. is pretty minor. Okay. So. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. We're going to take a break, guys. Recently on the Heroes Podcast Network, Echo Station. Well, what's the main think... what's the main planet that Endor, the forest moon of Endor? It's a moon. So it's there's a major planet obviously that it Is the forest moon of Endor? Is Endor the actual planet then? See, th- isn't that confusing? Yes. Is it the forest moon of the planet Endor, or is it the forest moon called Endor? Kaiju Curry House. Because I'm just wondering, are Pokemon Kaiju? They are pocket monsters. They are pocket monsters, Paul. They're, pocket, they're monsters, yeah, aren't they? They're, they're um, just, so... They are yokai, officially. <laughs> yokai? Yeah, so, um... What's like... a yokai? Screen Heroes. If the MCU gets that, then I really think... That Space Jam needs to be part of the DCEU. Yes! Okay, because... <laughs> they have a big Marvel versus DC crossover where the Air Bud takes on Space Jam. Man, we should write for these companies. <laughs> That's what it comes, it's Air Bud versus Bugs Bunny. That's, That's what it's right. all come down to. One-on-one. Yes, done. All right. And then, like, at the end, it's Galactus versus LeBron James. And Squirrel Girl wins. <laughs> Red Shirts and Runabouts. Something we've talked about before and other people have, but there's there's so much of real life history involved with Star Trek from Gene Roddenberry's days, his time in the military as as on on a bomber pilot, as a bomber crewman, you know, James Doohan serving all these people and all these real life events that have impacted things. That's very realistic of political and military leaders kind of resigning in protest at a decision they can't control. Subscribe today at heroespodcast.com. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Podcast Addict, and more. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh my God, guys. We are back. That took forever. So sorry. <laughs> Derek's very upset with me. No, it didn't take forever. We were fine. We talked about Van Wilder. And various scenes. All right, so let's move on. We're, <laughs> Birds of Prey. We're reviewing, we're reviewing Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harlequin, also now known as Harlequin colon Birds of Prey, because after changing the name, Harlequin and the Birds of Prey still didn't find its way into reality somehow. They changed the name of the movie, guys. Yeah, we know. Um, 
the studio, Warner Brothers, uh, is claiming that the reason they did this is for search engine compatibility to make it easier for people to find the movie. And I call bullshit on that. And because say, every time you type in Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey does pop up. Yeah, no, it it's not. That's not what the problem is. No, I mean, is. We, we talked about this back when, like, the first trailer dropped. I know I was upset that they were calling it Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. and I, I'm... I don't remember exactly if you guys were or not. I was not the only one, certainly, no. in the world. The internet did not really love that either, especially people that are fans of Birds of Prey characters. So this is what it should have been from the beginning. Agreed. And it's frustrating that now they're like, oh, well, let's do it, when they could have hired any random internet person to go, you guys, this is a bad title. I mean, sometimes easy titles just work, you know? Wonder Woman. Aquaman, Shazam, they're fine titles. I mean, Birds of Prey is a very good, simple title, but it's not representative of what the movie's about. that wasn't really the title either. No, it was Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous (laughs) Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, which Margot Robbie thought was clever and cute, and it was not. It was more annoying than anything else. I think it's cute to have on posters and on the box art when the movie goes into a physical release. I actually love that. But to actually have that be the title of the film when people are trying to buy movie tickets and look it up and see reviews and things, it's just silly. But, it, I mean, you know, it, it's a Harley Quinn movie at the end of the day that the Birds of Prey are in. And we'll get to that. Uh, box office numbers are really disappointing, which is a big reason why they probably changed the name to make it a little more simple. And They made back their budget with international, so. Not yet. Their budget was like 80-something, 80, 80 million or. Uh, 84. So it's just under. I mean, it'll hit that today, tomorrow. It was 85 that they made internationally. Okay. It was. Okay. (laughs) That's that's obviously not taking into account marketing budget, which is usually about the same as the film budget. So they've still got a long ways to go to break even on uh, the overall spending. It did uh, win the domestic weekend. Um, It made uh, $33 million. What was it against? Uh, Bad Boys in its third week, second week? Third week. Something like that. Um, yeah, the Dr. other ones Doolittle. are well, Bad Boys, yeah. 1917, and Jumanji, The Next Level. Yeah, it didn't have much competition right. this week. Those movies were did well, but they're on their you know last legs of theater life, probably. It is, a, it is a rough opening weekend as far as DC films are concerned. It's the 18th ranked uh, opening weekend Out for of, a DC Comics movie. Um, what, what's the number of DC Comics movies that we're ranking there? You said it's, it's 18th. In the, is it yeah. last? No, it's not last. There's not quite 30. I forget the... the oh, wow. Um, this is... Because I'm including everything. This is like the original Superman movies oh, okay. and all the old Batman movies, not just DCEU. Uh, there's only eight DCEU movies, and this is the lowest opening of the DCEU. Uh, but it's also the lowest budget, um, and if you look at all DC films, uh, it is... The lowest budget DC film, not counting Steel, since Batman Returns. To be fair, I think Shazam's budget was not much higher. I mean, you're talking like six million difference. It's not well, really. so you're you're right from that standpoint. Um, what we don't we don't have all the information yet because Shazam was also reported to have pushed to a hundred million after reshoots and things, and we don't have that data yet for Birds of Prey. To be fair. Um, well, but, so the re- original reported budget was only a $6, yes. $6 million difference, so mm-hmm. it's not a huge difference in budget. No, you're and right. And Shazam made more than $6 million above yes. what Almost Birds of Prey 20. made. Yeah. yeah. So so not not great, and I'm sure that's a big reason why they decided to adjust the, the name to just make it clear that it's a Harlequin film, which I 
thought was already pretty I clear. I feel like people that were but, are fans of Harley Quinn in general are going to know that and knew that going into it. So it's not really going to, I don't know, I guess some casual people it might bring yeah. in. But. Well, IMDb has already changed the name. Yes, so. they have. All right. Well, do you guys want to give your spoiler-free thoughts before we dive into the details? Sure. Ryan, go. Uh, it was a fun movie. Well, not necessarily my favorite of the uh, DCEU movies, but it's it it's a good time. Um, it would probably help to be on some sort of mind-altering substance when you're watching it. But um, there were a lot of cool concepts that um, some of them went were wasted a little bit. But uh, overall, it was an interesting uh, film in the DCEU. By far the most like out there film in my opinion um in terms of choices made um and a lot of them were successes so yeah i mean uh, overall if you're thinking about it and you're a fan of harley or the birds of prey characters then yeah it's definitely worth going checking out yeah i absolutely loved it it might be my favorite dc eu movie um wonder woman's still really high up there for me so i don't know but i i agree there's it's not your everyday origin story. It's not a normal sequel. It's a unique point of view storytelling with lots of interesting shots and paths and uh, takes they did on the characters. It just brought a fresh look to all the characters. And some I thought needed the makeover like Harley and others i thought this was just like oh cool a new version yeah i'm pretty much with you guys there um i still would would definitely put wonder woman ahead of this maybe shazam i'm not sure yet i think i just need to watch shazam again it's been a little while um i really like the cast i really really do i thought they they were all really good and i really enjoyed the cinematography and the fight sequences um great villain i mean mcgregor i thought was wonderful um which is a big part of these things so i really enjoyed that okay so from here on out spoilers are open season, spoiler warning i guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> words are hard <laughs> <laughs> go ahead kick us off okay so what do you guys want to talk about i i, I guess i the big thing here is that Harley narrates pretty much the whole movie and she's not the most reliable storyteller. There are times where you have to go back and forth and back and forth. So the pacing at first was a little slow because of that, at least for me. But in the end, when everything kind of connected and all the threads aligned, it made a ton of sense. So I think on a second watch, I might like that a bit better. So I did see it twice, um, and that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. I definitely felt like the, the at least the first act was weirdly paced and kind of slow, but the second time it just it didn't bother me anymore, and I'm not sure if that's just because I knew what was coming already or if it just felt better without expectations hanging over it anymore. I don't that's know. Fair. Um, but uh, I, like, I liked having her as the narrator because when a movie's told out of sequence – and there's not a reason in the universe for it to be told that way. I find that kind of gimmicky and frustrating and usually just a reason to be like the movie tricked you into thinking things are not what they are. But when you have a narrator who's 
trying to tell the story like she's actually in front of you trying to tell the story and it is harley who's doing it i i just thought that made sense and so i kind of enjoyed that but um you know i think that's part of the problem is the whole thing is narrated by her so they should have just focused on that i think it's a hundred percent a harley movie yeah uh i didn't love the way it was out of sequence um but i mean it, it didn't like ruin the movie for me or anything no. it just like I, if you listen to the show you know i'm not really a harley fan in general and so i, f- I find it most be mostly irritating um which wasn't actually the case and we'll get to that i did I, for oh, some of this movie but um the narration i thought was a little irritating and grating but um it was an interesting i was intrigued by the way it was handled um but it started to feel a little more like it was trying to be really hard to be deadpool and not I don't know. It felt less original because Deadpool has done some of these things already. Um, there, There is some interesting overlap there. I do think that you said the unreliable narrator thing in Joker really bothered you because mm-hmm. you didn't know what was real and what wasn't, and it did not bother you in this. Because nothing in this was shown to have not actually happened. They just happened slightly out of order because she's trying to tell you the story. Once the movie's over, you know everything that happened and the order that it happened in. Versus Joker, by the time Joker's over, you're not sure if any of the movie other than the final scene actually happened. Okay. You know what I mean? And so like, I don't like sitting through a movie and then at the end being told, well, maybe none of it happened. I don't like that. I feel like I wasted my time or you had a message and decided to pull back at the last minute and not stick to it versus this is just like kind of telling things sporadically out of order because that's how conversations sometimes go. Okay. So yeah, let's talk about that Harley annoying thing because I'm with you on that. I fell in love with Harley as a small kid when I first watched Batman, the animated series, and I haven't loved a Harley portrayal since because they are all annoying. Tara Strong's annoying. Kaylee Cuoco's annoying. Uh, The woman who plays Bernadette on uh, Big Bang Theory, annoying. I don't know why. There's just a lot about the character I don't like. This was the first time since I was a child that I really was behind her. I understood her as a character. And to me at this point, Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. It just like RDJ is Tony Stark and Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Like, I don't think I even want to see another actress be Harley at this point. She did such a great job embodying that character. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the first half of this movie was kind of just the Suicide Squad Harley that I didn't really like. And um, I still don't like a lot of things about the character, but she got a lot better for me and more relatable um, around the time that she had the kid with her. Um, She she started to become a character that you could take more seriously. She started opening up a little bit about things um, that are more normal, not just like, I'm a crazy person. Look at me. Right. Um, So, I actually liked her a lot more at that point, and I was pleasantly surprised by that because I didn't anticipate liking really anything uh, Harley related in this movie, apart from maybe some action scenes. But the grocery store scene is where I feel like her character kind of tilted into being a more serious role, especially when she it runs was somewhere. Down. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. it was right when she got the kid. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But somewhere around that time yeah. is definitely where it got to be more uh, relatable, and I really appreciated that for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys completely on that. I think one thing this movie kind of suffers from is the fact that the the birds of prey are actually really cool in this, but they get so little screen time, especially Mary Elizabeth Winstead's Huntress. Like, I just wanted to see more of them throughout the course of the film. And like Mar- Margot, I, th- I think, does a good job. I I like her Harley. I, I like both and, you know, both parts of the spectrum of her Harley. Um I think I just like the character a little bit more maybe than you guys do, but um, I've just, cause I, I've liked some of the other versions too, but uh, I think the movie may have been a little stronger if it was a little more balanced between the, f- the four main characters, uh, not Cassandra Kane, you know, but the birds of prey and Harley um, Cassandra Kane's kind of a weird situation. I like, was just about to say, let's talk about the weird dichotomy of so Cassandra Kane. Like, the character's fine, but it has nothing to do with Cassandra Kane and could have been named anything at all and still serve the exact same purpose. And the end of the movie would make more sense because yeah. I leave the movie looking at Cassandra Kane wondering, well, how does she ever become part of the Bat family at this point? That just isn't believable. And I'm totally okay with her not because, sure. in my opinion, there are so many Batgirls. There doesn't need to always be a million Batgirls. But Cassandra Kane's Batgirl is really cool. Like she, she's one of the worst. Like the full face. Yeah, right. she goes uh-huh. by Black Bat now, and she's also usually some writers have not written her like this, but she's also usually mute. So that's that's kind of a big deal, and this. This was like the annoying kid in Deadpool 2, where you just... There was a lot. I was thinking the same thing. I think she's better than the annoying kid from Deadpool 2, but not by much, to be honest. Not by much. I think her as a MacGuffin's a better mechanic, but this this movie has followed the same problem that Star Trek Into Darkness has, where you use a name drop for people, but... You either, but just like in that, you either know who the person, who the name is, and it doesn't fit the character, or you don't know, and it's irrelevant. Yeah. Right. And so, no matter which group you're in, it doesn't really work. And so, I think you could have just given her any generic name at all, and the movie have been exactly the same. If you listen to the show, you know I don't generally like kid actors, and that was no, (laughs) this was no different. I did not think she did a good job, and uh, you know. A lot of the lines felt very forced. She's just not a great actress, and and the whole thing being based around a poop joke is, you know, it. it people were so critical of uh, Batman v Superman or Justice League, the one with the pee joke. I don't pee joke. Yeah, where it was like the ur- the bottle of urine that was uh, from Lex Luthor. Oh you know? yeah, that's in BBS. Oh, yeah. yeah, BBS. Yeah. yeah, people were so critical of that. But then this entire movie is based on a poop joke, essentially, and nobody's saying anything about that. I, I don't really understand that, but you know, the internet is a fickle thing, and whatever, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I I, th- I feel like it fit the tone for me for the <laughs> more than BBS. I yeah. would say yeah. Well, but almost for a reason that that I, I you know is a fair argument too is that it just kind of fits the tone of Deadpool too, right? And Harley is 
at least becoming kind of DC's version of Deadpool at this point from a, a tonal perspective. Yeah. Not that that's a bad thing. And now she breaks the fourth wall and she's violent and comedic and probably a little insane, traumatic past, drug issues. Yeah. You know, she's not really a hero, but she push comes to shove, wants to try and kind of do the right thing sometimes. And, you know, the difference is that Deadpool, like he was pretty well known before his movie. Like, yeah, Yeah. even the general public, Harley doesn't have that same appeal. I mean, she's well known to comic book readers um, and and maybe some of the people that watch the animated series back in the day. But well, she's not that old of a character. No, and she doesn't have that big of a history. No, They both came out around the same time. They De- were both Deadpool's created the in the 90s. Yeah. Really? I thought Deadpool was... I, I don't not, know Marvel he, as well. I knew he wasn't so. that old, but I yeah, didn't I know what year Harley was. He came out in the 90s, too. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But, he, but for some reason, Deadpool caught on with people. I, maybe because he's not like a side character to another character. You know what I mean? I think Har- that's part of the problem with Harley is like... She didn't stand on her own until the New Fifty Two, and even and who's reading the New Fifty Two? You know, well, the, I did. You did, and, and I'm sure some other people did. But compared to the people that like watched the animated series yeah. and uh, played the Arkham games, Harley is not not anything without the Joker and all those. And um, you know, it's great to see her on her own in this, but I think that you know people don't have that same recognition of her that they do with Deadpool because she's not a solo character in general. I do got to say that Harley has a huge following among young women, young girls. And even my, my nieces knew about her without ever being introduced or seeing a comic book or a TV show. So How many of those young girls are going to see R rated movies. I, I'm going to say that there were at least four or five young girls in the theater with us. So, you know, probably more so than I'd say, but I, I, I just, I think that's part of the, no, I mean, office. the problem oh, is absolutely. that Harley is an attractive character for merchandise. She's on stuff in almost every single store at the mall, but she's also not in any, PG stuff right now for these kids to latch onto other than DC superhero girls. Right. Which would never really took off, unfortunately. I mean, there's a lot of the merchandising is done very well. There's dolls at all the toy stores for it. But but. she's a very different incarnation of that character. Yeah. This one is, it it takes a lot of influence from the, the new 52 version of, of the, the Amanda Connor version of this Amanda Connor, Gail Simone and uh, Jimmy Palmiotti pretty much had, like this whole movie was based off of their runs. I mean, she even has the beaver, which I thought was awesome because in the comic, fun. the beaver and her have full conversations. So um, I liked seeing that. So if you, I mean, if you read the comics and there are some fun little gems in here, um, yeah. but, but overall though, I think, I think I just really wanted to see more from the others. Yeah. You know, I wanted to, like Canary. She was awesome i loved her and that is now my favorite version of black canary and i just want to see more of her she was great um i i felt like this is really nitpicky but some of the choreography for me wasn't quite working but she i could tell she was working really hard at it she just didn't seem to be somebody that i i didn't believe that she'd been doing martial arts her whole life or anything but it's fine this is a different version right like they i was intrigued by the fact that they brought up that her mom yeah, was the original Black Canary a gun and, down cop? Right, yeah. and but had the Canary cry. They talk about the gift that she had, and so before Batman or early on in Batman's days, depending on how they're doing the DCEU at this point, right. Black Canary was there, possibly before Batman, and probably a Justice Leaguer or you know 
Justice Society Justice or Society, <laughs> something like that. So that was intriguing to me, um, and, and that actually made the whole thing better because I know I have that expectation now that she's not, you know, the Black Canary that I know from the comic books. That's an expert martial artist and has right. fought Batman and Green Arrow and um, all these other characters. And when she gets fatigued from the Canary Cry, that bothered me a little bit at first, but then I started to go, well, it's a different, it's a different Canary, and so and she clearly doesn't use it that often, right? So. She hasn't been training on it all exactly. the time like we're used to from Black Canary. So. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this portrayal of her. I was mm-hmm. I was pretty excited about it. What about you, Rachel? Did you like Black Canary? I did. I really did. Journey Smollett Bell did a fun job. I thought she acted it fairly well. And I agree with you about some of the choreography. Like she she nailed it, but it's the difference between you know somebody. For me, it's like dancing. You know, you can tell when somebody's learned the steps and you can tell when like the steps have become them where it's free flowing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's one thing to know the stuff. It's another thing to like have it just flow through you. So I totally see where you're coming from with that. And I'm trying not to be super nitpicky about things, but with a character that I care about like that, you know, that was something. The only one that was really noticeable for me uh was when it was just her fighting in the alley with the two guys the worst one for me yeah it was like these kicks do i mean it was really cool to see her do she has very long legs to see her use these kicks was great Mm -hmm. but it was some of those were really obvious right choreography so yeah that's fair i i guess i didn't really think about it too much because of the way they portrayed the character there, it wouldn't have made sense to me for her to be a martial arts expert, I guess but she apparently was but, like, the, I mean, she it was, it, she wasn't just a street brawler that like could beat four armed guys right. or whatever. I guess it, it came off a little more like learned rather than like school, school of taught, you know, type of background. Right. That's fair. You know? um, but I would have really liked to have seen more of Huntress. I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead a lot and I don't get to see her in much. And so I was, Really disappointed that she basically has the smallest amount of screen time. Well, I am hoping that the box office redeems itself on, like, maybe it's in the theater for a long time and has a long run. Maybe a word of mouth spreads. Yeah, and it has a long. Yeah, or maybe we'll the see. the name change really is a good idea. It's possible that it does well on home video. Who knows? But you know, it the ending doesn't leave it open they want to do a birds of prey movie with uh renee montoya and huntress and black canary they made that very obvious and i'm okay with that i want that too to your point about huntress not being in the movie more i had a problem with that too but the more i thought about it i mean it was a specific choice they made to keep her character more mysterious and i think that that played out exactly the way they wanted it to and wanting more of a character is good right so um we get to see the social interactions at the end and mm-hmm. how she has no idea how to talk to people and i thought that was super yes yeah, it so was adorable clever. and yeah it was not something that's traditional to you're, the character you're raised until the age of like 10 as a mafia princess and then you go into hiding and live with these three grown men who train you to be an assassin and nothing else like you don't go to school you don't go to a job and then you just start killing people like you shouldn't have social skills right. there's no reason that said you do and she could have just walked walked on screen and been this half naked femme fatale that was charming and seductive and deadly all at the same time. But instead she had 
some quirks to her. It didn't make her perfect, and, and I some loved of the comic that. Book, comic book guys out there and gals are like, "That's not Huntress. That's, she doesn't act like that." What's she doing? You know, it's what it was a very good uh, kind of. I don't know. It, it was a way to differentiate her from the others. Yeah, and it was I a decent was adjustment. Well, I, th- I think it's a common, and this this is very common in comic with comic book movies. But I think people forget that. When you've been reading or watching a character for 10, 20, 30 years in some cases, that when you're seeing their origin story, they're not going to act like they've been doing this for 10, 20, 30 years. Right. Because they're not that person yet. Right. And these characters should change and they should evolve. And her social awkwardness shouldn't be there anymore if she works with these people for the next decade. I also have a huge problem with people clinging to comic books because here I don't know if you guys notice this. But the characters, the female characters that have been around for 40, 50 years now, they all kind of have the same personality on paper. And it wasn't until, you know, much later in their runtime that people decided to break them off and have different quirks and different character flaws that changed them up. But like there was no difference between Supergirl, Batgirl and Wonder Woman other than their hair color and power set for the longest time. They're were perky and sweet and compliant and you know that gets boring to none me. of the characters in this movie fit those exactly and i'm good with that yeah. <laughs> uh so let's talk about the villains a little bit i definitely want to talk about black mask and uh zaz Der- derek said he really liked black mask and ewan mcgregor and, and i like ewan mcgregor too but i thought i found his character to be very one-dimensional and s- kind of on the same realm as Kevin from Ghostbusters to where he was just so misogynistic that it was hard to believe. Hmm. And I know there's misogynistic guys that are just absolute douches out there, but you know, there was just no redeeming quality about him. And there wasn't everything about him was unlikable. Yeah. There's nothing to relate to there. Like I said, Kevin from Ghostbusters was the same way. He was just so stupid and it was done on purpose. And just like this was, um, and so, I mean, I get the point and he wasn't as bad as Kevin, but, uh, it was for me, it was just super one dimensional. And the fact that they kill him in the end was just a super wa- a wasted opportunity. You know, they love killing off villains that are good for, or that are, you know, could be very good for some reason. Yeah. I'm never really a fan when you just immediately kill off the villain because you have no opportunity to ever do anything with that in the future, which is a huge bummer, especially when you literally blow him up in front of people and you see the body explode. Yeah. There's no ambiguity you know? to it <laughs> yeah. at all. Um, I, the more one dimensionalist didn't really bother me in this context just because I felt like with Harley being a bad guy and Black Canary kind of being in a raw, in a bad crowd, right? And and Cassandra Kane being a thief and stuff, that they kind of just needed somebody worse than all of them to make them all come together. And that doesn't leave a lot of room for relatability or sympathy because if they're also the bad guys, you need a worse guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Right. But my problem wasn't that he was a bad guy. My problem was that his just like attitude had so much misogyny all the time. And that's literally like the entirety of his character is misogynist, you know? So, I mean, it's a big part of it. It's definitely a big part of it. And, but I, I, I mean, I also in trying to balance that with, yes, I understand what the movie was doing. So, um, you know, maybe it would work for Rachel more than it would work for me. I'm assuming it probably did. But uh, for me, it was just like. There was well, nothing to grab onto, really, for me as a villain. I didn't really focus on the misogyny too much because, honestly, I'm kind of used to it in these 
action movies and um i ever since you know i started watching films in the 90s you know the whole make a woman perform for you that's a power play i've been seeing since i was like six or seven so if and using demeaning language yeah. to refer to her as, yeah yeah like if the misogyny was like so prominent for you like i i focused really in on how he was usually very happy which is not a thing for villains and he was uh very power hungry and uh very flamboyant and uh bragged about all of his trophies everything was a trophy to him including women Women. so i i kind of let that mellow i guess i'm just you know used to it i did like that his you know big plans weren't like world-ending catastrophe type stuff i like the whole scale of the movie yeah Yeah. it's not yeah exactly um because i think that's it's a problem with just movies in general, right? Like every time you do another one, you have to ratchet it up more. Right. And that's, it's the case with any franchise. I don't care which one it is. And the, uh, the idea that you could kind of scale it back a bit, it, it's a nice change of pace. It's nice that the entire country wasn't going to explode or something if they didn't save the day. Yeah. You know, this is just, it's mob bosses fighting mob bosses for parts of not even all of Gotham, just parts of Gotham, you know? And, um, it also makes a little more sense why maybe Batman wouldn't be around because he just wants to watch them kill each other off. I mean, that it, bothered me the whole time. I think it's funny that it didn't bother you and you are like, uh, well, not, in a Captain America movie, I why isn't wait, Thor wait, wait, wait. showing I didn't, up I didn't, first off, I didn't say that it didn't bother me. I didn't say that it didn't bother me. I think that like Thor... You're the, finding justifications for it in this universe no, that well, you aren't finding because in the Because the, scale, the, scale, the scale matters, though. You look at Thor, the Dark World, and like London is falling and nobody... You know, right, but Gotham aid. is literally but, the only place that Batman works like 80 90 percent yeah, of the time. No, you're, you're totally right. But since it was bad guys versus bad guys because he never steps in on those. No, I'm just saying that at least makes some sense. It doesn't for me. But I mean, I get it. You like DC movies, so you'll find that justification. It's whatever works That's for you. That's not man. what it is. Um, it, the scale is a big piece of it. You know, it was for a part, a small part of Gotham. It wasn't like a, all of Bat- a lot of Batman stuff is all small scale. So. Sure, but not in the DCEU. In all it? fairness, this I was mean, the first time I had seen Gotham where it didn't look like it was just three or four blocks. That's fair, yeah. That's it did know? just look like city. a normal city. You know, it, yeah. previous iterations, including Tim Burton's and Joel Schumacher's is it always looked like it was a fancier Hell's Kitchen. I guess in though in BVS it didn't really look like anything. There was nothing remarkable about Gotham at all. It, there was remarkable things about Metropolis, yeah. but not really Gotham. Yeah, so I don't. know. I mean, I guess in universe it's just a normal town or right. normal city now, which is fine. What do you guys think of Zaz? So it's fine. Zaz, yeah, but I want to point out how good that is that he was. He was fine because Zaz easily could have been a forgettable side character, bodyguard, henchman type that we've all seen those no name, random man stand there. And instead, he had some quirks to him. He had a personality. He had fun lines. And he I really like what they did with the scars. I never liked how it was the tally marks in the comics. I always thought that was way too uh meticulous for somebody so out there so i just want to say that chris messina had a small thing and he did what he could with it i i've brought up gotham on this show several times but i'll say that that 
interpretation of Zaz has ruined me because I loved it so, <laughs> so much. The actor they had play Zaz in that show was oh, so Gotham. perfect. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Was so perfect. And every every incarnation that we see now is going to be compared to that. And That's maybe it fair. wasn't comic I mean, accurate, but he was so good. Zaz, I didn't but like I Zaz mean, in this. Zaz in the TV show, he there's more hours and more screen time you know christmas cena maybe got 20 minutes and that's being nice generous with that so yeah i mean i was i think in the show it was nice because just looking at him he looked weird yeah and so you got right away that this guy's an oddball and this he just looked like a typical guy you'd see walking down the street other than like if he opens his shirt and you see some scars but yeah other than that it just looks like a normal dude so you know, whereas in Gotham, it set its own right away just by the way it looks. In this normal dude, kind of whatever his ambiguous relationship is with Black Mask, um, you know, right? It, it would just, I mean, it was fine. Like you said, it was not, it did not stand out for me as a great character or anything. But he didn't no. detract from the movie either. So. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think that that's fair. But I mean, I I do kind of feel like he could have just been replaced with a random henchmen and i don't know that the and movie then they would wouldn't have, have suffered. Been killed, he would have been killed wouldn't have been killed off so they could have used him for other stuff well that's the other thing too is like he's kind of your backup villain and you kill him too yeah they so you can't both even the you can't even have like a revenge plot or something like that down the road which i think is a missed opportunity you know at least keep somebody alive yeah. you know harley creates enemies everywhere she goes well, that's that's true, that's true. That uh, i did like that yeah yeah that good part it was great to see that she's not untouchable that like she makes enemies and people don't like her the fact that black canary was like hey you're that asshole nobody likes like that <laughs> and it like hit her exactly like, the, the words hurt her so that stuff makes sense to me i mean if harley was a real person i Maybe I'd enjoy being at the same club with her and watching her from far away, but I couldn't be her friend. Like, that's not cool. So I completely agree. The fact that Harley had real world consequences in this was pretty impressive. I think that's fair. I now, do want to talk about the action scenes a little bit. We sure, haven't talked on, much on them. Um, so the first big one is the, uh, I think, the police station scene yeah. with her and the beanbag launcher mm-hmm. uh i had a lot of problems it was a very cool scene but for mechanically there were a lot of problems with this scene for me first of all no gu- no cops in gotham apparently carry guns because there were cops that were like 20 feet away from her and had plenty of time to pull a gun and shoot her yeah and did not and so that was bothering me the entire from the very beginning when nobody like if, if you go into a police station with something like that you're gonna have every gun in the place drawn on you in like two seconds and not one then beanbags apparently like knock people out for 10 minutes i mean if they get hit in the head i can believe that but a lot of them were getting hit in the chest or like back um so well i i just want to touch on your first point for a second all of the major fights in this suffer from a very old trope where a group of bad guys go after one person and they all kind of take turns Turns, yeah and i've it's weird because I, I, I'm i kind of used to it, but then I always dislike it because it doesn't really make any sense. It's the whole anime problem. Why are the villains just standing there watching during the transformations? It's like, <laughs> right. why? Because it, it, well, it happens in the jail part when she yes. gets to the jail. Yeah, there's like 
15 guys or something like that and she kind of takes just them wait all their one turn. by one it's the it's the 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 um the biker dudes in the evidence room that kind of team up a little bit then but it's a little disappointing because the stunt coordinator that was on this and the stunt team was the same one on john wick and they did a really good job not doing that and but a lot of times with them it's a mixture of guns and hand to hand so it's a little different they know they don't want to shoot their own guys and things like that so um this didn't have any guns apparently so um that wasn't as much of an issue but uh the scene in the jail where that with the water i'm kind of a sucker for fight scenes in standing water because i always it's so beautiful to watch and yes that part uh with them like lining up to take fight you know fighter or whatever um that was a little you know tropey but the scene was beautiful and I loved the way it was shot and the usage of um, like the jail doors to smash a guy. And, you know, I don't know some of her moves that were, you know, the jumping arm bar tumble was cool. Um, so that was a really cool scene. I liked that more than I liked the scene with the beanbag launcher. And then the evidence room I thought was, pro- was the best of those three scenes. I really liked that scene. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, your your criticisms of the initial bit when she goes in this police station are spot on, but it's still like a really visually cool scene it too. So, so the usage of the smoke and the, the glitter know, and the confetti. And, yeah, it, it was a really cool scene, but I just couldn't get that out of my head the whole time. Why is it? Why are these cops not shooting her like immediately? Yeah. Well, because she again, because she's not like a random bad guy. She, she is, wasn't untouchable like they, at that point. They all know who she is. She she's was broken notorious. up with the Joker yeah, at that no. point. You know, everybody knows she had already blown up Ace Chemicals, so I mean, you can't use that as an excuse. I guess the only thing I can think of is no one believed um, uh, Montoya that that's what was happening, right? Nobody ever believed her anytime she said anything. So, so they're so, like, oh, we can't touch her because she's still with the Joker. I mean, I, it's a stretch. Um, the scene at the end, though, yeah, as the far booby as trap and the... scenes. That was a really cool setting and a really unique great. setting for a fight, a big action scene like that. And I really, really enjoyed that. Um, the dynamic of all of them together really made me wish that they had gotten together earlier. And I understand yes. why they didn't, but I would have liked to see more of that. Um, the maybe this is just me being a condescending man, but I th- I really liked it when Harley was it Harley that gave Black Canary a hair, a hair tie. No, that's fantastic. I loved that. There are so many so times practical. I'm watching an action film and I'm like, your fucking hair is in your face. Get it out and of Black your Canary face. Black Canary had a lot of hair. She did. So no, I was gonna point out just some very humanizing female moments that I've seen. The whole cutting your hair in a moment of trauma and then immediately regretting it. I've been there, man. I get it that I have been in that moment. The crying on your couch and eating random food, been there. The asking for a hair tie and just automatically having one, been there. The guy pulling the tampon out of the back pocket, I thought that was great. The Um, roller derby girl who had the tampon just in her nose because that's what they were originally created for. Like, yeah. I, well, when, when she's getting interrogated or whatever, mm-hmm. and she's like, get, reach in my pocket, and then it's pulled out of tampon, tampon. Like, another pocket. Yeah. And I didn't know if that was just me being like, oh, the girls are getting something as a guy. It's like, maybe, maybe that doesn't actually mean well, anything. Remember when we talked good. Captain Marvel, and I said that there were so many moments in there that I had personally experienced? Well, now that I've seen this movie, it makes me kind of realize that a man had a handle in that script because he's like oh you know women don't in the captain marvel yeah it's like women don't like it when we tell them to smile should we put that in there and like 
it it felt more framed by a man. And yeah, I know women wrote it and women, a woman directed it, but so did a man. So there was his point of view. This one was the most feminine point of view on an action film I think I've ever seen. I love the hair tie bit because I mean, it's, you know, when you're talking combat or martial arts or anything like a hair, your hair can be used against you. Absolutely. And women would have it 10 times worse because most of the time their hair is longer and that's Mm -hmm. much easier to grab. Well, there's the moment where Harley gets the skates on and they make a comment about it. Black Canary calls it out and I loved it. All I could think of was Jurassic World where when Mm -hmm. Jessica Chastain doesn't change her shoes and everybody gives her a really hard time. So Harley Quinn's like, all right, fine. I'll change my shoes in the middle of a fight. And so I just, I don't know. That's what that made me think of. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but yeah, it made me chuckle. Um, Well, it small call outs like that are fun and kind of appropriate when all of a sudden a character's outfit changes for no reason. There is another interesting Deadpool, uh, comparison here and that's the the big climax fight that's supposed to have a bunch of guns just all of a sudden doesn't have any guns right yeah you know which was kind of funny i didn't think about it in the moment right but i realized it kind of after the fact and um it, it worked like i said I guns mean, in this movie apparently just stop working as soon as any of the birds of prey are around i don't it's know it's more fun to watch them with the crossbow to watch them with the mallet it it is it's oh i like, agree gun- but it's just kind of a pri- from a, like a, how how am i supposed to buy into this no you're scenario? right when 45 guys show up with handguns and the women have like a bat a crossbow and a mallet you know and a canary cry that yeah, can right. literally knock everybody off their feet. Like, but I, only once because she'll get tired afterwards. Yeah, I still <laughs> feel a little weird about that. But well, again, that's probably a scope thing, right? Because they're trying to keep the scope small. If she can just keep using it, yeah, right. in she, the comic books, she can make Superman bleed with her yeah. canary cry. Well, because because so. she's she's a superhero. Yeah, right. Nobody else in this movie it's is true. a superhero. They're all just normal people that can do stuff. You know, and so I think if you give her her full powers and, on a movie this scale it's there's no contest right? right yeah black canary kind of outclasses them in terms of bit. like her utility well, she's the only right. one with powers yeah exactly so we didn't really talk about her but i thought rosie perez killed it as renee montoya really? i did i did not like her she was my least favorite part of really? the movie other than maybe the little thief girl i liked her because she's you know one of the ones doing her job and we all know that the gotham pd sucks uh, we, I liked her because she was protective of the kid, but she also knew who was the bigger bad and she wasn't just because she didn't have, uh, the same kind of training. She wasn't the same kind of crazy. She wasn't the same age. She still went in and threw down with everybody else. And I thought she made some smart decisions and called out some of the other characters. But like 90% of the things you just said would have been done better with Batgirl. I mean, I don't know. It, she, but Batgirl, it would have been a Batgirl movie then. But would it, it have been because they would have still marketed it as a Harley Quinn movie? And, you know, it, it already said it was a Birds of Prey movie and it wasn't. So, right. I mean, I don't know. It's not that crazy to me. I think it, it would have ma- made more draw personally. You know, I would have been more excited to see the movie knowing I get to see someone from the Bat family in there versus a random cop that I don't know a lot about. I know she's the question at one point in the comic books, isn't she? Um, it, do, it would also explain why Batman is absent it, because Batgirl's on it. Yeah. You know, he doesn't he, have to worry about it. It's right. below, below his, what he's dealing with. Well, most of like the stuff happened during the day. He doesn't, he doesn't go out during the day. That's, That's true. true. There you go. There's, There's your the answer. He's sleeping. Yeah. Now, <laughs> before we end this and give our letter grades, have you guys ever seen a better looking egg sandwich? <laughs> 
because they did a really good job with that. Although I, I think they made it a l- like it was a little much. I get it that she's like that. That part was like this is Deadpool, like very Deadpooly. But no, the sandwich did look great. It looked amazing. I just think that wish they would have put a like toned that scene back a little bit, pulled it all back. A she little gave bit, an but... Oscar worthy performance over losing a sandwich. I get it. It's like it's her own. It's her only thing left, kind of concept. I mean, yeah, but in a funny way. I mean, it was fine. I get it too. Yeah. I just I don't know. Yeah. It was a lot. It was fine. I don't really feel strongly one way or the other. Sal, Sal is like the only positive male influence in the entire movie, which yeah, is unfortunate. Poor Doc. But, but yeah. luckily, he, you know, Sal doesn't get killed or anything. I kind of expected that to happen. I know. You know, so hey, he's still alive. Yep. So that's good. Yeah. Um, okay. Do we have anything else? I don't think so. I covered most of the stuff I want to cover. Yeah. Okay. Then letter grades. Ryan. I'm going to say. B minus. Nice. I enjoyed it, but you know, I don't. There's still some flaws. Yeah, I think I still liked Man of Steel better, Wonder Woman, and Shazam personally. That's but fair. Um, it was still very good. I mean, yeah. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. A minus. It was a lot of fun. I knew going into it, I was going to like it. I didn't know how much I was going to like it, though. So A minus. I've been struggling with this one a lot because I, I really liked it a lot. And even seeing it the second time, I, I I think I liked it more the second time. So maybe I'm being overly optimistic for it. But um, I, I was just going to give it an A. I really liked it. It's not nice. a perfect movie by any means. Um, but, you know, I don't think it has any of like the glaring issues that the uh, that the other DCEU films tend to have. Well, I appreciate um, that they were trying to do something different than most of the other movies. I mean, Deadpool. Yes, there's a lot of parallels. But I mean, that even that. There's only been two Deadpool movies. There's been, right. you know, 19 Marvel movies. Yeah. And to be and... completely honest, all of us really hated Deadpool before the movies, too. And mm-hmm. now we really like Ryan yep. Reynolds. So. Well, because, like, I mean, you look at, like, like Wonder Woman, for example, is, is really, really good until the final fight. Right. And the final fight is not good. It's David borderline Lewis bad. David is a bad Aries. But it, it looks bad. But the CGI all, is bad. All of these all movies that we say that we like a lot have some part of them that's ridiculous. Man of Steel is one of my favorite movies, and it has the whole destruction of Metropolis. Right. Or no, uh, is yeah. it Metropolis? Yeah. 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 Metropolis? Yeah. Yeah. And that was a terrible part of the movie. And then and right after, he knocks a satellite out. At, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he makes out with a chick while the entire city is, like, crumbling around so him. But it, the thing is, I don't think Birds of Prey has that for me. Uh, the entire, like, first act is like that for me. I mean, it, it, I thought it was messy. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, but if you didn't have that, that's yeah. great. I mean, I'm not trying to discount your. Opinion. I mean, it's it's hard because like Shazam, I I really love Shazam, and Zachary Levi is so incredibly perfect for that role, and I I just. I wish Shazam 2 was already And it's a place in Philly, which is um, a big thing for you. That doesn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, you know, but and it was just, it, it got the comedy really, really well. You know, it like when, when he's flying above the city with Mark Strong and Mark Strong's trying to like uh, monologue. monologue and he can't hear him. Like, it's just so, it's so good. The, thing, you know? <laughs> the only thing I feel like Shazam was lacking is the very obvious uh, misplacement of Black Adam. Black Adam yeah. is almost as famous as Shazam is. And while Savannah is just as equally popular in the comics um, as one of his villains, Mr. Mind is not. I don't know why you're... Well, that's cut- for Shazam 3. <laughs> no, Black Adam is <laughs> Shazam just- 3, isn't it? That's Shazam 2. Is it? I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, it was just very apparent that, like deals had not been made correctly well this is the problem when you take the rock and you cast him as a villain seven years before his movie you know i mean before shazam even gets cast really it's just kind of silly but um i don't know i i 
I don't see any glaring problems with Birds of Prey when I see you know glaring problems with everything but Shazam really in the DCEU. I mean, yeah. you know, as much as I loved BVS, there's still significant problems with BVS and we all know Justice League and Suicide Squad are messes at best. Um so, yeah. That's yeah. kind of how I feel about it. Okay. Well, that is going to be the end of it for us tonight. Join us next week. We're going to talk Howard the fucking duck. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Where am I watching this, by the I way? Don't we know. Ha- you can come over. We have it. No, I'm good. I'd rather watch it in the privacy of my own That's home. Hurtful. All right, I'll torrent it. I mean, I'll you buy a DVD. Is it not it. on Disney Plus? I'm kidding. It's an adult kind of rated film. So Yeah, we're, we're talking Howard Marty the Marty McFly's duck. mom has sex with a duck, so... You know. All right. So you can find <laughs> Ryan at Buster Props, me at Siren Ray, Derek at the Star Trek Dude on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find Heroes Podcasts at heroespodcast.com. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Derek's giving me side eye. He's like, don't screw this up. You can find uh, Screen Heroes at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter. We have four other shows you can listen to as well so check those out please check those out <laughs> check them all out check all them all out. out and a new yeah. tier on patreon so you know that's kind of cool too it's good stuff yeah a lot of stuff a lot, lot of, of stuff. stuff all right we'll see you next week guys <laughs>